Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients with issues such as ADD, migraines, hormones, dizziness, sleep, fatigue, methylation, autism, and genetic mutations. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I hope you are having a beautiful Sunday as we are. I've got Dr. Stewart here with me today. Hey, Dr. Stewart. Hi, Kara. How are you? Did you have a good Halloween? I did. It was, a, was good. It was? Did yep. the kids dress up? Dressed up. Did yep. you dress up as a doctor? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you no, got to no. have one day off, right? No, no, no. <laughs> no scrubs or anything like that? Not that impressive. <laughs> well, you don't need to dress up. The kids are enough. Yeah, uh, my little boy was uh, the Incredible Hulk, and I'm usually a cat because I got big, thick hair, so I can poof it out like the 80s-style <laughs> lion and put some makeup on and some ears, and I'm I good to go. I can remember those days for you. <laughs> Lots of hairspray. That's probably why I'm so toxic, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Anyways, well, we had a great episode last week. We gave Dr. Stewart a break. We gave him the day off. It was episode seven. We talked with Roddy Aglise and Peter McCarthy from Martin's Compounding and Wellness, and we talked about chronic stress and detoxification. Got some questions after that show because we talked more about why we need to detox and get chronic stress out of our life, but how do we do it? So that may be a a show that's coming up with Dr. Stewart, and he can give us some insight on that. But today we're going to talk about something Dr. Stewart has been treating, gosh, how long, Dr. Stewart? Forever? (laughs) (laughs) For what, vertigo? Yeah, dizziness, dizziness, vertigo. Uh, 27 years? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, Dr. Stewart's background, ear, nose, and throat, but Mm -hmm. also skull-based surgery. Kind of, this is his backyard. And I knew, just from talking to other doctors and patients and stuff, that he was known as the dizzy doctor back in the 90s, because a lot of doctors don't know what to do with these patients. You know, you give them a Valium to calm down the inner ear that's supposedly causing the dizziness. Um, Dr. Mm -hmm. Stewart's going to give us some information on that, then you just send them home. But what if it comes back? So we've got to get down to the the source of it and what's causing it. And that's what Dr. Stewart's going to share with us today. Mm -hmm. So we're on episode eight. I want to give you some details on dizziness because it's a really, it's very frustrating to have. I've had vertigo and dizziness. The three most common complaints for a patient to seek the help of a doctor is dizziness. 40% of the population over the age of 40 will experience dizziness during their lifetime. I do have a question later about being over age 40. Mm -hmm. But first, let's get down to the definition. We're going to talk about dizziness first and then go into vertigo in the second half. Dr. Sir, what is your definition of dizziness? Well, the problem is dizziness means something different to every person. Dizziness uh, as a term is not something we really like as doctors because it can mean so many different things to people. So many people will describe dizziness uh, being lightheaded Mm -hmm. versus other people who will describe dizziness as a sense of movement or other people describing it as a sense of themselves moving. So really, when a patient comes in and describes dizziness, we spend about the first oh, two or three minutes actually trying to define what the patient really means. Okay, so I saw your questionnaire mm-hmm. and it was a 31 question sure. <laughs> questionnaire, 31 uh, questions they had to answer. That's pretty intense. Sure, it's just trying to get the patient to think about it in the lines that we want to kind of go down because basically there's a couple of questions that I like to ask people which kind of are simple and obviously I treat very educated patients and mm-hmm. very uneducated patients, but one of my favorite questions is very, very simple as is the dizziness in your head or your feet. And it, it sounds kind of funny, but what that'll give the idea is where, where we're really dealing with the, are we dealing with instability? Are we dealing with maybe a vertigo, an inner ear problem? Are we dealing with a blood pressure problem? Are we dealing with a lightheaded? What are we really dealing with? 
That makes sense. That makes sense. So once you start to get to define what type of dizziness that they have, mm-hmm. where do you go from there? There's one thing, you know, obviously with me, I deal with a, in, in practice of medicine, you know that I come from a neurosurgical background. Yeah. So neurosurgical ENT. And so basically as a surgeon, there's one thing a surgeon never does, and that's never guess. Yeah. So I can ask all kinds of questions and kind of narrow things down. and and But still in the very end, if I'm just talking to you, I'm really just guessing. So obviously I'm always going to defer to some form of diagnostic tool to actually give me objective data to know where the problem is. And again, that's why patients love your clinic because you have the sensory view system. Correct. You can see the health of how much inflammation they have, the health of the nervous yes. system. And so, you know, we start to ask questions like trying to decide whether we're dealing with blood pressure problem or are we dealing with an ear problem. You can ask about fullness or pressure in the ear, ringing or noise in the ear. Have you had any, any muffling of sounds? Have you had any loss of consciousness? Have you fainted? Do you feel like you're going to faint all the time? Do you have trouble catching your breath? There's all kinds of things we can talk about that'll kind of start to narrow it down. Now, once you get them on the sensory <clears throat> view system, what can you find out from that, from the report? Well, we have a platform posturography, which is a balanced platform we put people on. I've been on it and fallen off mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> and I can, I can pinpoint really quickly using that where the problem is, because what we're doing is we're separating each of the components of balance. Okay. So we have the brain putting everything together. We have the muscular system. We have the visual system. We have the inner ear. And so basically, they're all supposed to work in a coordinated fashion. So if the brain is a really big problem, you really can't balance in any of those things because the computer is essentially broken. The information is not getting there. Just not getting processed and delivered properly. properly. And then we can actually see whether we have a person who has an instability due to a peripheral neuropathy and can't feel their feet, or we can tell that somebody... And a neuropathy is like pain in your feet? Well, sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it goes to actually not being able to feel it, like in diabetics. Oh, so it's numb, so therefore you fall over. Can't can't feel the ground. We look at blood pressure a lot. Really, you know, most people know what lightheadedness means, so we can tell them, you know, you feel like you're going to faint. And so the way we approach it is, you know, can be highly variable, but the concept is that you're really dealing with an abnormal nervous system. Okay. Okay. And typically when you're dealing with an abnormal nervous system in any form of fashion, you also have to be suspicious of the immune system because if the immune system's doing its job, most of the things that can actually hurt the nervous system or cause it to malfunction, which are viruses and inflammation and other things are going to be under control. So we talk about dizziness as a whole or vertigo or any of these neurological abnormalities is what I call neuroimmune syndromes. Okay, so back to the same term. Same term. So we're going back to virus inflammation, and that's what's causing something to go on, like either in the inner ear or the nervous system. So, you know, when you talk to doctors, doctors love to be Mm noncommittal, you know, in a lot of forms or fashion. Well, I think they're trained that way. Well, sure they are. Because you don't want to be wrong. (laughs) Well, but people come to you, and in my opinion, they come for a consultation, and that consultation means that they want your opinion. They do not want a regurgitated opinion of a thousand other doctors. A thousand other doctors. They want to know what your experience is. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I tell people. This is my opinion. Okay. Okay. Meaning that inflammation has to happen for some reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen. And magically. you're dizzy for some reason. Well, yeah. Now what dizziness really involves is actually either typically an abnormal information being fed to the brain itself. Now, if that abnormal information becomes too severe or different, then you get into vertigo and true bed spinning, I'm spinning oh, yeah. type of just incapacitating problems. Basically, the way I explain it from a simple perspective for the ears is we have two ears. We have one on each side of our head. If we have two equal ears, we compare one to the 
other and we find the middle of our head halfway in between. And that's how we find our, our balance. That's how we find the center of our world. Now, the problem is we find the center of our world 1,000 times a second, okay? And the reason we do that is because we use that information to keep our eyes stable in space, to keep our body posturally stable in space. So we can have a problem in the inner ear phenomenon with a problem with the cochlea or vestibular system itself, the mm-hmm. the organ, and we can have a problem at the nerve level or we can have a problem at the brain where the brain's not communicating with the other parts of the system correctly. Can I ask why so many people, why do they say over 40? Is well, that because our hormones are starting to break down or what is the it issue It all has with that? to do with inflammation is greater when you're over 40. And Everything goes downhill after 40. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> that's probably true. Oh, it's so wonderful. I prefer to say it goes south. <laughs> it goes south. <laughs> Gravity takes over. Right. But the whole idea is that really before 40, first of all, I've seen lots of 20 to 25% of the patients with vertigo and dizziness are less than 40. Okay. So it's just kind of more common in people as they get older. That has to do probably with not only immune health, um, maybe methylation need. There's a lot of different issues, but clearly most problems with dizziness, nervous system abnormalities are from inflammation and lack of inflammation control. So inflammation control is controlled in the body by the steroids. That's cortisol. In women, it's progesterone. Okay. Uh, in men, it's testosterone as your main as your main your... control elements. Okay. And so basically what's happening in a woman as she essentially hits 35 and past that, your progesterone starts to take a downward turn as a general rule. And you become more inflammatory as a general rule. And so it tends to be more common. Now, the most common age is really women between 50 and 70. That's usually the most common. Yeah, my, my vertigo spell hit me at 34. Sure. But, you know, having now, some other things going now, on. when you're on birth control pills, which means that you are telling the brain that there's plenty of steroid around and you have shut down your progesterone supply. Ah. I feel, okay, I won't say we say as a general rule, I'll say I feel that it's become much more common because of birth control. Uh, birth control can So help it tricks us. your body that you have enough hormones well, basically you really don't. Yeah, there's synthetic estrogen and progesterone that actually tell the pituitary, which is your hormone control center, that you have plenty and therefore you don't make the levels that you should of appropriate menstruating levels of estrogen and progesterone. And then that can cause the hormones to get out of whack? and Well, you just basically become mildly or near postmenopausal in your hormone levels. Oh, okay. And then you So if you measure a progesterone tired. in a woman who's uh, on birth control pills, you'll see it's about the same as a 50-year-old woman. I remember, you know, when I came in that day with the severe mom came and picked me up from Houston because I called you and I had gotten out of bed. I was seeing triple. I hit, fell into the wall, knocked myself out, mm-hmm. <laughs> tried to walk to the bathroom, couldn't do it, laid on the floor, called you and I said, Kendall, I think I'm going blind. And I hear you go, what's going on? And I go, I'm seeing triple. I can't walk. Right. I can't move. I can't, uh, I'm going to throw up. And you go, oh <laughs> gosh, Kara, all you have is vertigo. Just get up here. So mm-hmm. mom drove all the way down to Houston to pick me up. And you know what? After you got my blood work done, you know, I was really down for about a week with the really bad spell. You got my blood work back and you said you had the hormones of an 80-year-old woman. That well, that's pretty woke true. Me up right. really quickly. Well, the whole idea is that, you know, God put hormones in your body on purpose. Now, we manipulate them for lots of our own personal reasons. Correct. You yeah. know, and obviously I don't want people getting pregnant who don't want to get pregnant. But what I'm going to tell you is that we have to accept the physiologic changes that we manipulate. Now, with that being said, you'll you'll notice that vertigo always shows up when you least ex- or when you most or the time when you least want it because stress plays a big role and how Got a you're lot sleeping going on. and all these other phenomenon that can certainly contribute to it. But basically from from lack of a better understanding, we do notice that there is inflammation in the ear of people who develop vertigo. Yeah, you 
always talk about the inner ear because, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where you said the viruses like to, to hide. Well, the inner ear like is a fancy out. nerve. Okay. And so when you got a fancy nerve, I mean, chicken pox that you've caught before, we know that chicken pox lives in the facial nerve, which is the nerve that controls your face, which is right next to... Really? Travels down the same canal that where the inner ear nerves travel. And um, basically, if there's chicken pox in one nerve, I don't know why doctors have such a hard time accepting that right next door there's chicken pox in that nerve, too. Yeah, it catches it. But they'll say, oh, we don't know why this happens. And I'm like, whatever, you know. (laughs) Let's use some common sense in this, yeah. you know? So the whole idea is do something, don't do nothing. Okay, well, we're going to take a break because we do have to go to break. So when we get back, guys, we're going to talk about vertigo. We're going to get a little bit deeper into the more severe types of vertigo. But I also want to talk treatment because this show is designed for people to kind of help them. Okay, well, I can't get in to see you. Mm-hmm. What, what can I do from a, at home or if I have a dizzy spell or a vertigo spell? Because I know right. there's a lot of people out there suffering. So... We'll be right back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Do you suffer from chronic infections? Do you feel that yeast may be taking over your body after antibiotics or causing gut issues? Visit neurobiologics.com and take a look at the formula and product video on neuroimmune infection control. Created by Dr. Kendall Stewart, this formula is an all-natural viral yeast and bacteria inhibitor that can help you feel better. Take back your body and feel good again with neuroimmune infection control. Neurobiologics, we are changing lives, one formula at a time. All right, and we are back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart, Episode 8. We are talking about dizziness and vertigo. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and the man of the half hour. I was corrected last time, Dr. Stewart. Thank you. Okay, well, we're back. We've been talking about, you know, what cause causes dizziness mm-hmm. and you know dizziness isn't as severe as vertigo it's still kind of would you say in the same family yeah i mean that's a quantification type of issue i mean it's serious to everybody who has it yeah okay now, you can't function now vertigo is a by itself typically a lot of doctors define it as recurrent episodes we have diseases like meniere's disease or vestibular neuronitis and all these different things that can recur and that's just the viruses in essence reactivating in the inner ear when you get stressed etc. The problem is as these viruses damage and you don't heal back from that damage, then you actually can make the ear go south and uh, in general um, start to malfunction chronically. And that's when you get into more instability and really the imbalance and the the kind of the frustration that can go along with this process. So really what the focus of the treatment that we project for taking care of all these thousands of vertigo patients is, first of all, let's understand why it occurred. We got to know that the immune system is typically the common problem. If your T cells, the cells that kill and contain viruses are not functioning very well, these viruses will have a party. So we want to make sure that we know what the T cell status is. We want to know methylation because methylation not only feeds T cells and makes them function well, Mm -hmm. but aids in the recovery of the nerve that was inflamed and damaged, aids in in the stability of the hormones and, and steroids that you have to use, aids in the ability of thyroid and all the other hormones to work. And again, that term methylation, Mm -hmm. I told you we'd be talking about every episode because it's so key. Episode two is about methylation. If you don't know that word, you really need well, to understand it's really, it. To, to me, it's really simple. If you're going to talk about a car, you got to talk about the gas you put in it. Okay. And you're talking about the proper nutrition. Well, absolutely. 
make the car the proper run. nutrition, not the just proper. any nutrition. Yeah. So methylation, you remember, is just basically the way that the body delivers folic acid and B12 and handles lots of different elegant biochemical reactions. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to understand why we've gotten into the problem. We also want to knock the problem back, but we also want to heal and return to where the status that we can that we were pre-episode or pre-symptoms. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I can always tell if I'm going to get close to being having a vertigo sure spell. Okay, so I've had it once. I had it when I was 34. I didn't have it for five years. Then I get these little shingles on my elbows, mm-hmm. these little rough red spots come out and I have to start with one of our products, the Neuroimmune Infection Control, and stop it from well, happening. Frankly, that's why all the products were built the way they were. So basically what you want to do is feed the feed the body what it needs. Uh, so you you want to identify if you have a methylation problem, so you're going to need to be on the Neuroimmune Stabilizer. Are you're the- going to want to be on Methylfolate Plus, probably with it, or you can be on the Methylation Complete, whichever one that you want to do to overcome the methylation process. Okay. You want to be on something to contain viral, bacterial, fungal infections because a lot of times vertigo comes on the back of maybe a yeast infection in the blood because the immune system got fired up because ah. of the yeast or a bacterial infection or an influenza virus that you caught and then all of a sudden once the immune system's in trouble here comes the vertigo because it's the everybody coming to the party. Yeah and it's interesting that they say in the research that women typically suffer more than men. It happens more in women. That's the reason that is because women fluctuate and women have a lot more fluid dynamics in them. Remember the inner ear is basically a fluids filled sac that gets its pressure dynamics from the spinal fluid. So when women go through all the PMS period where they retain water uh-huh. and do all those types of things, we get into a lot more problem. We also get into more problem as you lose your steroids one time a month, which yep. is called your period. Obviously, we have no very little inflammatory control, and I don't have to tell women what it feels like to be in a PMS time frame. Yeah, and mine's always right before that time of the always, month. It always. It kicks in. It's very, mean, very common. So I take the neuroimmune infection. I knock it out. I take like three capsules. Right. And I don't... Did you even create that product? Because I know it's a mm-hmm. viral yeast and bacteria yeah, inhibitor. I created it. Mm-hmm. Did you, no, I know you created it, but did you create it for vertigo? No. Support? No, it's for general neuroimmune problems. Syndromes. Okay. The other reason that you get into trouble premenstrually. So many people take it for vertigo sure. and dizziness. Well, you're, what you got to understand is you're also, the way a woman has a period is she's inflaming her endometrium okay. to shed the endometrial lining so she has a cycle. So you're really creating an inflammatory source. Okay. And so that's why it occurs in women a whole lot more. Makes now, sense. What I'm going to tell you is the whole idea is you want to just basically contain that and keep inflammation to a minimum, which is a good life skill type of thing, meaning you also want to watch your diet, eat appropriately, eat more low inflammatory foods if you have that tendency. Mm -hmm. A lot of doctors will use diuretics prescriptively to help the ear, especially if you have fullness and pressure and hearing changes. Some natural diuretics are things like watermelon, watermelon seeds. Love it. Okay, (laughs) Um, exactly. Um, Melons in general have a mild diuretic to them. We used to have this thing called watermelon seed tea that I can't find anymore. Really? People would make tea out of the watermelon seeds. And you drink that when you feel mm-hmm. PMS bloating coming on? Yeah, you want to, a lot of doctors will say you want to watch salt and all that. It's a lot more complex than just watching your diet. But in general, what you're trying to do is you're trying to lessen the potential of inflammation because vertigo always shows up during some type of inflammatory stimulus. So, you know, you talk about the neuroimmune infection control because mm-hmm. that can help, you know, keep the viruses and the yeast and the bacteria at bay. Would you use like the PRP 
spray to help the T cells at that time. Correct. And feel it coming on. Correct. And you can also, I mean, depends on the specific problems. That's why you have to think about yourself. So if you have a lot of irritable bowel or GI symptomatology, you might want an immune GI chewable. Yeah. You might need a PRP spray. Or probiotic, or which is probiotic. just always good. Right. So you've really got to kind of break it down whole patient-wise. And that's what that's what I think most doctors in general are not prone to do. Uh-huh. They want to just deal with your symptom and rush you out the door. Well, the reason why I'm asking you all these questions is because, you know, the ADD episode was our most popular episode. That was episode three. We've had a couple thousand people already listen to it in a few weeks. And people could not understand some of the products we were saying, I guess. Sure. We said full focus really fast and, and, and a couple of things. So I'm trying to get down like they can't see you. What where would you guide them? Because that's kind of what this show is about. Well, and guiding is, you know, all about self-evaluation. Okay. If you're not doing it with a physician. And that is to understand, uh, biggest thing with vertigo that people also don't understand is when your brain, just like a computer, if we put a bad program in a computer, the computer doesn't work right. Yeah. So when the inner ear is acting up and giving you symptoms, your, your brain is being fed abnormal information. And that essentially slows down your processing speed. So you get the short-term memory, concentration, yep. focus problems, distractibility. You also get a massive anxiety episode because anytime your brain's not processing well, you put on high alert. That's and that's why you invented the calming cream. That's why you have <laughs> calming cream and you, you can use GABA in that situation. There's lots of ways to overcome it. What I would tell you is that you just have to kind of think about all the options and vertigo and dizziness, the reason that, that I've been so successful is one, because I'm interested in it, but two, because I like to be thorough. Now, would you say to, to keep a vertigo or dizziness spell from coming on if you've had one in the past. It's just keep your immune system as healthy as possible. As healthy as possible and with few stimulations as possible. Okay, so don't wreck yourself. So some people have to go get allergy tested if their allergy is bad and consider desensitization. Some people have to completely change their diet because mm-hmm. the major sources of inflammatory triggers that you can do something about, meaning yeah. you can't keep from catching the flu. Even though they'll tell you getting a flu shot does that, that's bull, okay? <laughs> but we'll discuss that later. The long and the short of it is you got to maintain your hormones at the healthiest state they can be okay because okay, you get inflammatory control you've got to watch inhaled allergens so you kind of watch yourself know whether you need to be tested and desensitized you got to watch foods because that's a major source of inflammatory triggers so you can also get an igg food panel to look at delayed you could food be eating the same food every day that's giving you that that's correct effect. and then the last thing is you basically want to try to avoid chronic infections to the best of your ability and that's why the neuroma infection control is so popular. That's uh, the one thing. Like, you know, even for psoriasis and eczema, I mean, sure. not even deal with vertigo or... Well, those are all infl- inflammatory processes. But, so the I less mean, I inflammation... that product, we mentioned that when we, well, we you don't. launched that product and you don't, people coming in, look, my eczema's gone, my psoriasis that's right. is gone. But, but what you're talking about is a general concept of how do we control inflammation in the body and the answer is controlling inflammation. Well, I love what you say. It just creates an environment in the body where they cannot survive. Correct. Okay. That's to me, that's, that's a pretty uh, easy way to explain it. People go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So the whole idea is if you have inflammation of any source, anything else that creates inflammation makes that inflammation worse. You know, they also contribute a lot of sleep issues to vertigo and dizziness. Well, you know, that's chronic, because, because you're not fatigue. feeding the brain the proper information. So if it can't wake up properly, mm-hmm. it can't shut down properly. Kind of like what we talked about in our sleep episode. So chronic fatigue 
a lot of women or a lot of men that have well, that? Well, I, I would actually go about it the other way, saying if you have chronic sleep abnormalities or poor sleep hygiene or poor poor ability to shut your brain down and get through proper sleep or even obstructive sleep apnea, you put yourself at much, much higher risk for any neuroimmune syndrome. Okay. Yeah, I had a lady that the other day that uh, had emailed us because she knew we were going to talk about vertigo. And her question was, um, she hadn't had a vertigo spell in a long time. She's been on the neuroimmune infection for about Mm -hmm. two years. And you know this woman that I'm talking about. But she doesn't normally drink milk. And she drank a glass of milk and Mm -hmm. had a vertigo spell afterwards. She said it wasn't severe, but she was like, what is going on? Why did the milk? She thinks that's what it was. Well, that's food sensitivity. So there's, you know, there's bad diseases like celiac where you're just horribly allergic to gluten Mm -hmm. and you can't ever eat it. But basically what we're talking about there is what we call delayed food sensitivities. And what that is is that your body will react in a delayed manner to certain foods that we put into the bowel. And this usually is a reaction somewhere between 2 and 10 hours after you eat it. Okay. Now, the big five that I have to tell people to avoid, which would be disappointing to a lot of people, okay, gluten or wheat products, yes, of course, casein or cow's milk, okay, not goat milk or sheep, just cow's, cow's milk, cow's milk, yeast, okay, which is a bad deal because all the breads, yes, soy and eggs, and those eggs are the big five are in a lot of things. Okay, so more than likely, if you have a tendency toward a sensitivity. Those are the products that will set you off and, and as a general rule. Yeah, I always like how you say, you know, with the casein, uh, we're not cows, so we shouldn't be drinking cow's milk. I love it, too. <laughs> but what I'm going to tell you is you got to limit it. And if you've stayed off it for a long time and you go back and you try it again, you're going to get a pretty sick Yeah, and I think reaction. that's what happened with this patient. You know, um, we had a lot of people email him prior to the show just asking questions. Is he going to talk about how to fix it? Because I'm in Michigan and I can't get down to see him. One lady had gone to the ER and they given her volume sure and she just wanted to know so i'm glad that you got to share with us maybe some products that they can go out there and pick maybe what blood work their doctor should order like if they go to their OBGYN or their general practitioner for hormone checkup yeah we'd go to hormone checkups i'd always check your thyroid i'd always check your t-cells if you can get them to do that okay and uh, you know I'd always check a folic acid, and obviously I'd love to have an MTHFR or something like that. When he says MTHFR, he's talking about a mutation, a methylation mutation, which that's going to be our very last last show because we've got a lot to talk about. Well, Dr. Stewart, a lot of information today. Sure. Big subject. It is a big subject, and I know it affects a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. we're in Austin, and this is like the allergy capital, not only the Texas capital, right. but... Um, with cedar coming up, that's when it usually hits mm-hmm. me, you know, and I got to I gotta take care of myself. So for all you guys out there, I hope that this was helpful. If you suffer from dizziness or vertigo or you know somebody, feel free to share the episode. And we thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a blessed, wonderful Sunday. And uh, we'll see you next time on Coffee with Dr. Stewart. For any prior episodes, you can visit www.coffeewithdrstewart.com. Thanks. The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and shall not be construed in any way as advice in place of your own medical practitioners. We encourage you to seek professional advice or care for any problem which you may have. 